0: Hotel history is created for adult audiences. Content may not be suitable for all listeners. Discretion is advised. You're listening to Hotel History. We take you with us through the sordid history and scandals of some of the world's most famous and infamous hotels. I'm Dietta.
1: and I'm Yael. Let's get started. Welcome. It's Christmas. <laughs> Happy holidays. Happy holidays. Welcome back to our holiday special episode. We
0: are taking you to the best Christmas time hotels in New York City.
1: Because nothing beats Christmas in New York. I don't care what anyone says. New York Christmas is the best.
0: I've heard it's great. I've seen a lot of videos lately of people being like, please stop coming to New York. There's too many of you. <laughs>
1: Yeah, you'd think the cold would deter people because it gets really cold, but um, it doesn't. (laughs) (laughs) And it's nice. So a couple things you can do in New York during this season is the tree lighting in Rockefeller Center, um, which already happened, but still go and check it out. And then the beautiful seasonal... um, windows in on 5th Avenue. So the whole thing is like you can also in in Macy's that people spend the whole year designing and decorating the windows and they're like insane. Yeah. Like they, they all have themes, like some of them have like talking animal thingies. Okay, not real animals obviously. <laughs> yeah.
0: One of my favorite episodes of Will and Grace is when Grace gets to design yeah. a Christmas window
1: and she's so excited and it's Jack really hard. tries to do it. <laughs> It's really hard to get that job and they spend like a ridiculous amount of time doing it, but it's so fun. It's like the best time because me and my mom would go and be like, Oh my God, what did they do this year? And there's like a whole line. And then there's a free ice skating in Bryant Park. That looks great. And you can just go if you have uh, your own ice skates or rent. And then there's ice skating in like a thousand other places. Bryant Park is pretty busy, but it, It's also cold. Oh, and then there's like the pop-up shops near Bryant Park for Christmas, like the holiday shops. It's just really nice. Like there's lights and like there's vibes and singing and music and people like doing the whole Salvation Army bell thingy.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, I think for, I think New York really is like top five places to go at Christmas in the world. Cause I mean, you've got, you've got London, you've got Paris, you've got the like the Christmas markets in Germany and besides that New York is it you don't
1: really hear about that as much or maybe it's just New York overhyped maybe yeah but where where else would it be like very Christmassy Jerusalem <laughs> I guess <laughs> but also wouldn't Italy be doing it well true yes yes I can't imagine and I went, under the Tuscan
0: sun it did look like they had some nice yeah, Christmas stuff going. they probably on. have like Really, And honestly, South
1: America probably does Christmas right. Because they do everything right. All right. But let's be honest. We need snow. Yeah. And it's summer there. Well,
0: if you go far enough south (laughs) in South America, you will get snow.
1: (laughs) That's true. Australia, like I'm sure it's fun and they have their traditions. But when you think of like a classic, I'm sure... Every American thinks of Home Alone. Yeah, is it just me? No, absolutely. Okay. We all, at least those are our age too. Yeah. yeah. So you want and it has to do you know with New York, but it has to be snowing. There has to be lights. There has to be Santa. Yeah. I mean, yeah. without those things, how is it?
0: There's a reason that Kevin McAllister did not want to go to Florida. <laughs> For Christmas in Home Alone 2. Oh,
1: was that the plot?
0: Yeah. They were all going to Florida. And he was like, there's no snow.
1: Okay, now I I forgot
0: about that part. Although, I guess if you're going to Disney World for Christmas, that's different. Because then they just make their own snow.
1: Oh, they're probably really intense with Christmas. Yeah. But you know how I feel about Disney. Yeah.
0: (laughs) But Disney World aside. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) yeah.
1: So, New York is the best for christmas and some of the things that make it great isn't just like uh the stores but the hotels because the hotels go all out and i think this is universal i think around the holidays hotels are like we gotta one up each other and the trees get bigger and the decorations get like glittier yeah
0: glitterier (laughs) Because honestly if there's anything that makes amazing architecture better it's christmas decorations yeah. So, yeah, they, it really brings out whatever they've got going on.
1: Yeah. And it just, it smells nice because there's so much uh, trees yeah. and mistletoe and like
0: just all of this baking spices in the air. Yes. So we have picked out five of our favorite New York hotels at Christmas time to tell you about. Of course, there are more. Of course, there are. But we didn't want this episode to be as long as all of our
1: other episodes
0: because yeah. we talk so much.
1: So we're going to start with the plaza because we already covered it. So we don't need to, you know, if you listen, you know the backstory of the plaza. But it's also, to me, the quintessential Christmas hotel. Absolutely. Because when when you say
0: Christmas in New York plaza, that's what comes to mind. First thing.
1: Uh, Everyone trying to relive home alone in a limo.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Tim Curry. I mean, it's got, Yeah.
1: Uh, you go into the lobby, they have their huge ass tree, uh, fake presents, and it's a great shopping area if their shops are open at this point. I don't remember because last time it was closed. But they have, uh, ooh, the plaza has a Christmas dinner. You have to like reserve in advance and it is insane. They're, they made a little documentary about it. I saw it on a plane. <laughs> I was like, this looks amazing. And they work really hard and like, it's, it looks delicious. They go, wow. They really, really do everything. Um, and I think they have events, right? Yeah. Um, usually in late November, they're,
0: they're going to have their, um, plaza Christmas tree lighting where you can enjoy champagne from the champagne bar while listening to music. And they also will have like a Christmas menu At their restaurants with glazed ham and bread pudding and all of that kind of stuff. And then I think that they also have Santa come, right, for the kids?
1: I think at some point, yeah. They had a lot of people, a lot of places get Santa. Santa's in business.
0: Yeah, he's got a very (laughs) busy December. (laughs) And then, of course, they also have, like, the Home Alone package that you can do, right? Yeah,
1: they do have that. You can, like, rent the Home Alone sweet and have the and they can set up like the christmas tree and i think even like help you buy presents yeah Um, and they'll also
0: have um you'll get to take a limousine ride around new york to see all the different landmarks that are in the film yeah like you can see the empire state building carnegie hall central park and then of course they give you a large cheese pizza to enjoy on the limousine ride
1: (laughs) <laughs> how much does that cost a trillion dollars i
0: yeah i didn't i was afraid to look
1: yeah you just <laughs> i didn't just want to assume. crush the dream yeah <laughs> that that's insane that actually sounds like an epic christmas um oh and my favorite book which you bought me for my birthday was eloise uh at christmas time and um. it's the cutest little like story about her and Christmas. I I forgot what it's about, but it's just her like making trouble with Santa. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and in the plaza. And it's done really well. I, re- I I was telling you, like I always felt guilty that I couldn't buy that book yeah. because it was about Christmas and I'm Jewish and I'm like, I can't have a Christmas book. I don't know why. Like it haunted me for so long. I can't own this. It's guyish. <laughs> it needs to be about Hanukkah. Like what I got over it though. <laughs> also the plaza is in a really great location because you can start off from the plaza, go to the bathroom and then walk and look at all the windows on 5th Avenue that's a good uh, day so this brings us to the Pierre in New York obviously but I think there's a lot of Pierre's like if you google it A lot will pop up. You know, there's some names out there like the Plaza, the Pierre. um, And if you say it in the wrong country, you'd be talking about a totally different hotel. (laughs) Uh, The Pierre is located on East 61st Street. It's in in the intersection of Fifth Avenue um, in Manhattan, New York, facing Central Park. Okay. Okay. But I'm so glad that you know the
0: locations of these places because I know nothing about the geography of New York.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So the, the, it's like, can I just say central park is like the heart of New York and the closer you are to the park, the richer you are. Like it's, you want to be close to the park. Everything is about central park. And I mean that like largely, not just Manhattan, Brooklyn. Are you close to Manhattan? Which is close to the park. (laughs) queens are you close to Manhattan, which is close to the park like everything's about the park because the park is huge it's a huge huge park the pierre is very close to the plaza it's a few blocks away it's beautiful very expensive luxury hotel it's been around since the 1930s it opened in 1930 and it was designed by schultz and weaver it was designated a historic landmark in 1981 as it should as yep. all these hotels. <laughs> yeah, it's really beautiful, and one of the main rooms that the Pierre is known for is the rotunda. It's on the ground Ooh. level. Anytime something has a rotunda, you know it's good, right? It has curved walls and a grandiose mural. It's painted by Edward Melcarth in 19, uh, 1976. Wow, that's actually not. I thought that'd be yeah. That's it's pretty so recent. recent. Yeah. It looks like the room was plucked straight from a Rococo fairy tale setting, and you can find it online. We'll, we'll also post about it, but uh, it's really intricate. And then it was renovated by Daniel Romadels, and they included a bar and snacks and and tea. So you can uh, there's a lot you can do in the Pierre. They don't have a spa, but like you're not going to the Pierre to go to the spa. They, it's pretty elaborate when christmas comes around they also have a tree they have a dinner they have live music they have a lot of events that happen in the pierre during the season uh the guy who started and made the pierre his name was charles pierre casalasco mm. did I say that right? yeah i think you did wow that's a first uh i think he was from france and, uh, he started out as a busboy. He worked his way up in restaurants. He ended up working for a very well-known restaurant. He learned how to cook in Paris and he ended up going to London and all these places, came to New York, uh, worked in that famous restaurant and then went to work at the Ritz Carlton. He then left and opened his own restaurant, but he wasn't satisfied And listen to the reason why. At the height of his success, he was dissatisfied with the increasing democratization of public manners. (laughs) Um, I think he just didn't like how the world was becoming more casual. (laughs) No one was fancy enough. And he sold his restaurant, entered a joint venture with a group of Wall Street financiers, and opened the Pierre Hotel.
0: Yeah, I mean, if you're gonna need a reason to open a luxury hotel, then that's, I guess, the best. Yeah, one of the best ones I've
1: heard. Or at at least that's, uh, that's what it said. I mean, I'm sure there are more reasons than he was just like
0: not just because he was a snob.
1: (laughs) The Americans, they're so (laughs) rude. I don't know what accent that was. But it was not French. It was not Finch. <laughs> no. No? What's a French accent? <laughs> the American. The American. I can't do French. But the point is, he didn't like our shorts and flip-flops. And he was like, you know what we need to do? We need a fancy French hotel. Uh, yeah. So that's the story of the Pierre. Oh, and I also want to mention that remember the chef at the Savoy, August Escafier? Yeah. He was a guest chef at the Pierre. Oh,
0: nice. Yeah. Was
1: that before or after his time at the Savoy, I wonder? I wondered. think during or in after it said he just served as a guest chef in the Pierre's early years. So I'm assuming 1930s. Some
0: oh, okay. So after his so after time with yeah. the Savoy, yeah. After yeah.
1: he left in disgrace. Oh, okay. So he went to go scam a different hotel. That's, <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. what the story is. Uh, yes. Yeah. So so they have like Christmas Eve dinner that you can go and buy uh, uh get a reservation there and they have Christmas Day. Um they also include New Year's Eve dinner and they they have a lot of like events and parties and live music. It's it's really nice. It's beautiful. Even if you just want to go in and you know, just explore and yeah, just gaze, gaze. upon Christmas. Um they have something the following day after New Year's Eve called NYC hung- Hangover Brunch Monday. <laughs> <laughs> they know their audience. Yes. Good job, Pierre. <laughs>
0: That's great. Yeah. Next up is the St. Regis located on Fifth Avenue in the heart of Midtown Manhattan. This hotel is especially famous because of its founder. In the mid 1830s, Caroline Astor basically created the high society social scene that New York became known for during the Gilded Age. She would invite her friends and acquaintances and artists and thinkers and influencers of the time to all kinds of teas and galas and other types of events. And basically she created this social scene that everyone wanted in on. And invitations to all of her events were highly sought after. And then her son, John Jacob Astor IV, founded the St. Regis Hotel, which the New York Times called, quote, the finest hotel in America. And he wanted the hotel to be not only luxurious as part of this amazing Gilded Age, but he also wanted it to be technologically advanced. So he insisted that every single room have a telephone.
1: What about running water?
0: I know. I was going to say, but, but did he do what Richard, cart- yeah.
1: <laughs> Richard D. Oily cart that did? Was it level of high tech? Oh, so this might have been like later. So. No,
0: this was in, ni- it didn't open until 1905. <gasps> oh. So, I, yeah, I want to know how many bathrooms it had with running water.
1: Yeah. Did it have electricity?
0: Did it have ascending rooms? Even to this day, um, the St. Regis really tries to live up to this expectation of the society scene that the Astors set. But unfortunately, uh, John Jacob Astor actually died on the Titanic. No way.
1: Yeah. Is that mentioned in the movie? (laughs) (laughs) Probably, actually. probably I haven't watched the movie in a really long time because I don't like to cry. Yeah. Oh, my God. (laughs) Well, the Saint Regis is like synonymous with luxury. Like, I'm going to say the Saint Regis, like uh,
0: for good reason. I can see why. Yeah, I didn't know that the Astors had founded it. So at Christmas time, the Saint Regis is a sight to see. Um, Nutcrackers flank either side of its entrance, and of course, it's covered in garlands and ornaments, and the banisters and walls are all decked out and wrapped. But they also usually host a ton of really cool activities. So this year they actually started something new that they're calling the House of Celebration, which I feel like is definitely a nod to Caroline Astor. But at all of their different locations around the world, they're having different Christmas events. So there's there's lots of cool things to do at whatever St. Regis you may go to. Yeah, how many are there? Uh, I'm not sure, but I know there's some, like there's one in Aspen. There's um, one in Washington, D.C. There are some internationally. So there's quite a few.
1: Oh, okay.
0: So the Astors were known to host very lavish celebrations during the holidays. So that's why St. Regis is, is trying to uh, do it upright, basically, at this time of the they year. They have a reputation to uphold. Yes, Exactly. Those.
1: I suppose Also like the amount of money you're spending. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everything comes back to that. I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> so at the St. Regis, New York, they will have bespoke holiday themed suites that you can stay in, of course, with decorations and fully trimmed trees. And then in the Astor Court, they also serve a holiday brunch and holiday afternoon tea throughout the month of December. And then uh, every year they also host a gingerbread workshop for kids oh, to learn how to make gingerbread houses adorable. with their chef. Yeah.
1: Oh my god, that's so cute. That. Yeah.
0: I know. I hope they put photos up of that because that sounds adorable.
1: Aspen also sounds like a nice place for
0: Christmas. It does. Yeah. I think they have like a, a big tree lighting at their one in Aspen. Yeah, it sounds really nice. They have a lot of trees there. Yeah, <laughs> that makes sense. thank you you for that that's what i I add the real (laughs) insights here dazzling commentary (laughs) on christmas day you can dine at the astor court for brunch or you can also uh have a christmas dinner that evening and of course on new year's eve they will have a gilded age new year's celebration and on new year's day they have a bloody mary brunch in the astor court Mm. So everyone else, had. like, people,
1: yeah, the they hangover don't. brunch. Yeah. They just, the PR <laughs> got the title right. There. Exactly. Like, name is appropriate. <laughs> so the St. Regis. Yeah, that sounds, I don't think I've ever been inside. I can't remember, but I've passed it multiple times. Our next hotel is one of my favorite hotels. It's the Carlisle. It's also on the Upper East Side of New York and um just a little bit i'm i'm not i, w- I don't want to get too in detail with this cuz i really love it but it opened in 1930 the hotel was designed by dorothy draper it was designed in the art deco style and Ooh, was named that. after scottish essayist thomas carlyle it had uh i think it started or it's currently now 190 rental rooms and suites, and 60 privately owned residences. Oh. So, like the plaza and many hotels, I think there's apartments as well as hotel rooms. The Carlisle was built by Moses Ginsburg, a maternal grandfather of Rona Jaffe, and it was designed by architects Sylvian Bien and Harry M. Prince. It opened as an apartment hotel, and I think as of right now, the apartments. Cost up to a million dollars a year, so the Carlisle was known as a famous gathering place for socialites, world leaders, and celebrities. Um, and a well-known illustrator, Ludwig Bellemans. I'm going to mess up the name, Bimmelman. Bimmelman's is it Bellman's or Bimmelman's?
0: Well, th- <laughs> we <laughs> don't know how. It looks like
1: Bimmelman's, but we don't know how it's pronounced. Something. But I'm sure some people just say Bellman's. Um, so. He actually, Ludwig Bellman's began to create his masterpiece murals at the Hotel Bar, and the Hotel Bar is named after him. It's the Bellman's Bar, or Bem- Bemoman's Bar, depending on how you pronounce it. Uh, he was a very successful artist, and he drew for the New Yorker, Vogue, and Town and & Country, and he achieved enormous success with the Madeline Children's books, which we both love. Um, And so when you go into the bar, it has the original wallpaper that he painted this mural. I don't know if it's a wallpaper or the mural is actually like it's on the wall, but it's really, really cute. Um, He has very distinct style. And instead of getting paid by the hotel, he decided to exchange his work for a year and a half of accommodations for him and his family. Oh, nice. Yeah. The actual mural of his paintings. It's very whimsical and it's just of like his little like rabbits and creatures, you know, at central park. Cause you know, that's the main event and ice skating and all that stuff. It's really nice.
0: I, uh, yeah, I didn't realize that that Madeline connection existed until we started yeah. preparing for this one. That was really exciting.
1: Well, I should mention that I knew that because when I watched Anthony Bourdain's episode about New York, on his like, show The Layover. And mm-hmm. he goes to the bar and he mentions that. I'm like, oh, that's really cool. Then I kept that in mind. And I went to the bar. And I'm like, I, I love this place already. But then I started spewing all these things. like be- About the Carlisle and the Plaza to someone. And that's when they're like, you know a lot about hotels. Maybe <laughs> you should do a podcast. So <laughs> the Carlisle was one of the reasons also. Oh, that's so cool. Um, it's really well known. I think there's a documentary about the Carlisle. But they also do Christmas They have, I believe, caroling. They have like people caroling there. Live music. Yeah. Christmas dinner. They have holiday tea in the gallery. Uh, They have the Yuletide Carolers. That's what I want to say. The Yuletide Carolers at the Carlisle, where I guess they have people come and carol. Which I'm not sure if that's as fun as
0: it sounds. Well, if they're good, it's probably fun. Fun. Well, I'm sure they have good
1: ones. It's not like a junior high choir singing songs. (laughs) And then you can actually celebrate Christmas in the hotel. And, you know, you have a menu and it's all that Christmassy food. And then they also have a New Year's at the Carlisle. They do a lot. Like, I think all the restaurants and uh, all the hotels have a very similar schedule of the yeah just depends where you want to go. But if you want to go and you want to see pretty Christmas trees, decorations, Christmas music in a historic place, pick any one of these hotels yeah, and you'll like, have a no good time. no expense spared on this yeah.
0: Christmas. Last we have the Peninsula. I really think that they might take the cake for how many Christmas-related things they've got going on. So, of course, they are decked out to the nines. And oh, by the way, this hotel is located on the corner of Fifth Avenue and oh, 55th all Street. Fifth Avenue. <laughs> Midtown Manhattan. So, the peninsula first opened in 1905, but back then it was named the Gotham Hotel. So cool. Why? Why did it have to change? <laughs> oh my God, the
1: Gotham is so much better than the Yes.
0: Peninsula. It was built in the Italian Renaissance Revival style. So, you know, the architecture is on point, but it went through several name changes. It didn't become the peninsula until 1989, but it's holding strong since then. The hotel, of course, goes all out with hundreds of feet of garland, ornaments, lights, multiple trees, poinsettias, winter flowers. They have two like reindeer statues that that uh, jut out over the street, and the roof bar gets a makeover to make it look like a Swiss chalet.
1: Oh, nice. I only been to the main lobby and it's stunning. I don't even know if it was during Christmas time, but it always kicks off its festivities in
0: late November with their um, yearly tree lighting celebration in Salon de Ning, where you can have cocktails, canapes and carols, of course. And they also have Victorian car- uh, carolers singing live on their grand lobby staircase on Fridays and Saturdays throughout December, and also on Christmas Day. Ooh. They have a sweet shop that opens daily, where you can mix and match a bag of sweet treats with surprise visits from the pin bear. Who is that? I guess the peninsula has a mascot called oh, the pin oh. bear. <laughs> I wonder if it's like maybe a polar bear, or something to be Probably, winter, wintry, yeah. festive. They also have a festive traditional afternoon tea enhanced with festive flavors and a gourmet selection of treats. And actually, every afternoon tea includes a donation to the New York Children's Center.
1: That's really sweet. Yeah, they
0: have a couple of different things that they'll donate money, a portion to the New York Children's Center. So that's excellent. And then on Christmas Eve, of course, they're going to have something. You can have a four-course dinner. And the carolers will also be on hand there in case you didn't get enough caroling (laughs) (laughs) yet. And there will also be a visit from Santa Claus. And then on Christmas Day, you can go there for a feast uh, with a buffet in the Clement restaurant. The carolers will be on hand. Another visit from Santa. And then, of course, New Year's Eve, they're going to have a dinner and rooftop party. So they're going to have a winter wonderland theme at their salon de ning and then li- lighted dance floors live music oh, wow. all that kind of good stuff
1: hors d'oeuvres yeah, specialty they might, cocktails I think they might have every single thing mentioned yeah. from the other hotels but like even more but yeah they're they're really over the top the peninsula is big i think it's much it's yeah it is it's like a huge bigger. c yeah. shape yeah so, so they have the room
0: yeah they have room to do stuff And then they also offer, like, some really cool packages if you're going to stay there. I think this one is really cute. They team up with the uh, famous toy store, FAO Shorts, where guests can actually stay in their holiday-themed grand suite. And it will be filled with FAO Shorts' most popular toys for the season, $500 worth of gifts to select on a private toy shopping event, and then other experiences that go along with it. Then they also have um, a Holly Jolly package where you can have VIP holiday experiences around New York. And the peninsula will, of course, take care of all of the details for you. You can go on a tour of all of the decorative window displays and have drinks at the Clement Bar and or the Rooftop Bar and all that kind of stuff. And then their Nights Before Christmas package is really if you were a kid, this would be amazing. So children on the nice list will be rewarded with an in-room candy cane scavenger hunt, gingerbread cookie decorating kit, of course, gifts from FAO Schwartz, and then exclusive access to the Peninsula's sweet shop.
1: Whoa. Yeah.
0: Like, if oh my God. <laughs> Sign me up. Yeah.
1: I'll be nice just for that. <laughs> Please. <laughs> I know. Why is that just for kids? <laughs> Can we find alcohol instead of candy? (laughs) (laughs) There you go. Out of all the hotels, which one are you like, I want to check out?
0: You know, of course I want to see them all. I really want to see... Like the peninsula sounds like they have some really cool stuff going on. So I want to hear their carolers. I want to check out this sweet shop. But also I really want to see the St. Regis just because of the asters and the gilded age and all of that history there. Yeah. It's
1: yeah. It's I've never actually been inside. I don't remember what the building looks
0: like. And I don't want it to sound like I only want to go see the ones that I, was my job to research.
1: <laughs> Kinda sounds like it. I mean, here's the thing. I've been in the Plaza, obviously. I've been at, um, I've been in the Pierre for like a second. I would go back again because I don't think I did like a full tour. And then I've been in the Carlisle. I would go to the Carlisle again. Oh, and I've been in the Peninsula. I would go to the Saint Regis because I've never been in it. Okay, fair. yeah,
0: yeah. I would mean I really would like to go to the Carlisle as well because of the Madeline connection, yeah. and also I love Art Deco. So. It's
1: really cute. It's a very very cute hotel. It like. It's really doesn't feel that big. Mm. I don't know if I'm just crazy. But, like, the plaza has a very big entrance. It, it takes up, like, a large part of the block. The Carlisle is, like, small. Yeah. It's, like, in between buildings. Well, that's
0: great because then it's got that, like, intimate boutique
1: feel. Yeah. It definitely has that. Oh, the peninsula. What I wanted to say about the outside is beautiful. It looks European. Yeah. So... I yeah it's a different vibe and then it's like bigger on the inside
0: so my question for the listeners is if we were to do a full-length episode on any of these hotels besides the plaza been there done that which one would you want to hear
1: more about their history in depth yeah that's a good question I mean I know which one (laughs) <laughs> but i don't count <laughs> but we'll do we'll do a few i mean new york has so many great hotels it's yeah, hard it's so hard like we
0: could do our whole podcast could just be about new york hotels <laughs> so we have to like pick one okay now do some other places okay back yeah. to new york okay do some other places
1: and if anyone has a suggestion of a hotel that does like christmas that has like a special christmas theme or holiday theme let us know cuz we we can mention That'd be interesting. Obviously, we don't know all the hotels in the entire world yeah, that <laughs> celebrate Christmas and holidays and stuff. But and I, uh, there has to be something out there that does something crazy.
0: We wish everyone happy holidays and happy new year. Thanks for listening to Hotel History. You can follow us on most social media platforms, Patreon and Substack by searching for Hotel History or Hotel History Podcast. If you like what you hear, please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify so we can reach more listeners.